Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. This gentleman, his name is Tej Sethi, as you can see on the screen. He's from Canada. Uh, he's a student of Freight Broker Bootcamp. He owns a carrier company. And now, since taking Freight Broker Bootcamp and deciding to go out on his own, he now has his own brokerage. And he's here today to share with us a little bit about his journey and some of the success he's had, some of the ups and downs. So welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Dennis. How's it going? Yeah, thank you for being here. You know, I know that um, I have these interviews, you know, from time to time with past students. And some of these students have done tens of thousands of dollars a month in profit, and some are doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in profit. But none of them that I can recall actually that I've interviewed in the recent past actually have a carrier company and a brokerage at the same time. And none of them have been from Canada. So that's why I wanted to have you on because you're different. You're a little bit different. You've got a little bit different background. You've got a little bit different story. And I think the audience is going to definitely uh, be inspired by having some of the some of the feedback and some of the lessons you've learned along the way. So give us a quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you stumbled into this brokerage business and the asset-based business, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, started the carrier business uh, around about six years ago now, uh, five to six years. Uh, you know, and you know, as things progressed, kind of just felt like, okay, you know what, the the next best step would be to to get into the brokerage side. Uh, you know, you found that with the carrier side, there is a lot more risk involved. Uh, you know, capital that you have to put put up front is is a lot higher. Um, and with the brokerage, you don't you don't have have all of that. Um, so that you know, it just felt like a natural step uh, for me to take. And uh, here I am. So, how many trucks do you have? So right now we have uh, six trucks. Uh, that's a mixture of our trucks as well as uh, owner operators. And so you specialize in flatbed, I think you said. Uh, correct. Yeah. So your asset base focuses on flatbed. You've got six trucks between your own and different owner operators that you have leased on under you. And when did you launch the carrier company? Uh, carrier company, we launched, uh, actually, that was 2017. So at first, uh, I, I bought a couple of trucks and leased them out to, to another carrier company. Found that that wasn't working. Uh, and then in 2017, beginning of 2017, uh, that's when I got my authorities um, and started operating. And that was all operating in Canada with your asset base side? Uh, Canada and the U.S. Canada so we, and the U.S. We go cross-border, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then when did you decide to open the brokerage division, the brokerage side of your business? Uh, the brokerage, uh, thought of that in, I'd say, in the beginning to mid-2020. Uh, you know, I was, I was also working full-time, so my background is construction management. Uh, so I was at a point where I kind of wanted to leave my job and just focus on the carrier company full-time. Uh, but in order to, to, to make more money, you know, I would have had to put in a lot more uh, funds in, right? A lot more capital. Just, you know, hiring new people. Even if I took an owner-operator, owner I still would have had to purchase trailers, flatbed trailers, and, and they're not cheap. Um, so, so I was looking into alternatives, like how can I generate a bit more money without putting all that upfront capital in uh, and reducing the risk. Um, so I looked into the brokerage side um, and thought, let's let's give that a shot. And yeah. So let me ask you something, just ballpark estimate. You know, how much how much capital do you think you have tied up in your asset base side, in your carrier side? 
I mean, total cash put in, you know, invested. Originally, when we got the, when we started off, um, bought two trucks, so $165,000 each, um, Canadian. Um, and now trailers, uh, you know, we run Conestogas. And Which are right expensive. Now, yeah, they, they go for around 80000 Canadian, um, brand new. Um, you know, even used, uh, the, you get a full aluminum, you're still paying fifty, sixty thousand for like one that's two, three, three years old. How many trailers do you have? Six. So is it fair to say you probably got a half a million dollars tied up in this in the asset base side? Yep. Okay. So you got a half a million dollars tied up in your asset base side and it's producing profit. It's generating profit. It's a profitable entity. Correct. But yep. you wanted to expand that profit. You wanted to continue to grow without having to put another fifty, eighty, a hundred thousand or more in to expand that revenue. That's right. So what you decided to do was to look into the brokerage side and see how this would all work, how it could work together. So you went out, got your brokerage authority, and I think you got that. What did you get that? Like mid last year, like uh, that, July, yeah, and got, August. It got that in uh, July twenty twenty. Uh, okay, June, so, June, July. Um, okay. So last summer, about a year ago. Yeah. And then you dug into the brokerage and started selling brokerage just like everybody else. Yeah. So uh, started off. So I left my job um, mid August. Uh, last year, uh, you know, for the first month and a half, uh, didn't really have um, many customers. I had one customer that I wasn't generating much profit on, but it was kind of just, just get, you know, my feet wet and kind of just get the ball rolling a bit. Um, and then I'd say I, I got, I then started generating a profit from a couple of customers, I'd say like a month and a half into it. You could say end of September, October time. And so since then, you've been, you don't have a job anymore. You're running your carrier business. That was starting like August last year. You're running your carrier business and you're running your brokerage. Yep. And in August, a year later, which is this past August, just, just this last month, because as of today, just so everybody knows when we're recording this, it's, it's September 27th, which is my anniversary, which is kind of beside the point. But ultimately, it is my anniversary, my wedding anniversary. And so it was about a year ago. So in this August, just last month, how much did you do in profit this past August? So in August, uh, did $7,000. $7,000 in profit. Now here, guys, let me ask you, how many of you in the audience right now listening to this, whether you're on live or you're catching this as a replay, how many of you would like to add an extra 7000 in profit to your existing carrier business? I, I can almost guarantee you it's 100% if you're an owner-operator or whether you got a small fleet or whatever the case may be. I can almost guarantee it's 100%. And he did that without a ton of risk, without a ton of capital outlay, right? And so what I've said for years, and one of the primary reasons why I wanted to have Taj on here was the fact that he's running a carrier business, but he doesn't want to assume a lot more risk to expand the revenue. And so he started the brokerage and now he's making an extra 7,000 in profit. Now, is there any doubt in your mind, Tej, at this point that a year from now, you're probably going to be doing at least double or triple what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you know, even now I've seen every month, um, you know, things really start to pick up in January, February of this year. And every month it's just been getting better and better. Um, so, yeah, for, for sure. I think this time next year, it'll be much better. I'm also um, taking on um, a couple of agents. Um so that should should start bringing in some. So yeah, in in a year to two years time, I'm hoping three to four times more than what I'm doing right now. 
Exactly. And that's my point. And your outlay was, was, was really minimal from the perspective of setting up the brokerage, right? Now, yeah. when you, in your brokerage, what's your niche there? I think you said you do flatbed as well there. Uh, flatbed, yeah. So I would say 85% of our stuff is flatbed. Uh, some of our customers, they do on the odd occasion require a dry van and stuff. So I take care of that for them. But most of it's all flatbed. Yeah. So you're smart. You niche down. And not only did you niche down, you niche down into something that you already know. Right. You yeah. already had experience running a profitable asset based business on the flatbed side. So you understand the nuances of, of what flatbed freight requires from a from a service level. And I yeah. think that makes and, and you also know who the players are. Right. You know who's shipping that stuff. So that, I think that helps a lot. So that's smart. So let me ask you this. You know, it's been a year since you've been running your brokerage and it's been a slow grow. But now it's really starting to get some momentum. You know, if there was one thing you would do different. If there's one thing you would do different since starting your brokerage, you know, I, listen, we can nitpick. There's a million things that, that I've done wrong and I've made millions of dollars worth of mistakes. So don't take this the wrong way. What would be the one thing you would do different if you could, if you could start back at square one with the brokerage side? Well, with the brokerage side, I'll say, uh, you know, it, especially at the beginning, uh, you know, getting on the phone all the time, right? I, I, found it very difficult to sit there all day making these phone calls and stuff so it does get disheartening so you just have to remember don't get disheartened you will get a ton of rejections but just keep out the phones and there was a time where I, I I was kind of not making as many calls as I should have um, and then as you know time went on by you know I was like okay this isn't gonna work I need to I need to step it up make a ton more phone calls. Uh, so I think that was a mistake that I made at the beginning. And that's why I think maybe I didn't get as much work or customers in the first few months. Um, so I'd say, say that. Um, yeah, I think that's an important one. Let's not gloss over that one, right? So here's the thing, you know, starting a freight brokerage or becoming a freight agent is not some, you know, something magical where if you, you know, just set it up, people are going to come to you. If you build it, they will not come. Okay. You have to actually, you know, it's not, it's not like setting up a, a coffee shop on a busy corner where you're going to get foot traffic, where people are just going to come in and start buying coffee from you. Right. That's not how brokerage is. You're going to have to do outreach. You're going to have to be very proactive in doing that outreach. And so one of the things just like you struggled with, which is dedicating enough time to filling your funnel right? You've got to fill that funnel. Everybody knows the sales funnel, right? It goes like this. You got to fill it up at the top and it's really wide at the top and you put a whole bunch in at the top and then at the bottom trickles out a few customers. But here's the good news about that trickle of customers. You don't need hundreds of customers in order to have a highly profitable freight brokerage, yeah. right? You've heard other students, uh, past students on here, as well as Tesh, they're telling you a small handful of customers can make you six figures or more, right? And, you know, and you're talking about a very little, little risk. So, so you've got to dedicate time to focus on doing your outreach. Now, you know, I, I teach things like LinkedIn, you know, using LinkedIn and social selling. I teach how to do cold email, cold calling face to face. I mean, there's all kinds of sales training that I, that I've done over the years. Um, and so I don't know exactly how you're doing. It sounds to me like you're mainly doing cold calling, which is, which is great. It still works. Um, tell us a little bit about how you did get some of those first customers. Why don't, that's a good lead in for that. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning, most of it was 
would say all of my customers, uh, my regular customers have been through cold calling. Um, uh, I would say more recently in the past couple of months, I have been utilizing uh, uh, LinkedIn more. Uh, I have the, the LinkedIn um, sales navigator um, subscription. So using using that. Uh, but still, I'd say mostly it's it's still mostly uh, cold calling. Yeah, so it's a contact sport. So that means you got to pick up the phone. You got to make contacts. I'm going to tell you right now, if anybody's listening to this and you think you're going to start a freight brokerage and make any money and you're not going to be able to have to pick up the phone and make cold calls or send out emails or do outreach via LinkedIn or go press the flesh live you know, in your local market, you're delusional. It's just not going to happen, okay? And referrals are great, but it's not going to be enough to get you to where you need to go, okay? So, I mean, you know, that's the, he just told you that was one of the things he would change. That's the biggest thing he would change in his business is he would dedicate more time to doing that outreach and that customer interfacing, okay? Because had he done that, we don't know where he'd be today. If he doubled the amount of input at the beginning for the first six months, would his profit have doubled? I don't know. Maybe not, but but we don't know. So if you're just looking to start a freight brokerage, heed the warning and listen to what he's saying. Because again, I can tell you that eight out of 10 brokers that I would have on here would have that exact same sentiment. They would say, I wish I made more cold calls. I wish I dedicated more time to sales. So, all right. So, so tell us a little bit, tell us what's, what's something that happened on your brokerage journey that maybe you didn't expect, right? Something that you were like, well, I think I kind of had it all figured out, but something happened along the way that kind of derailed you a little bit. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even think of this. How did this happen? And because listen, this is logistics. We all know it's held together with bailing twine and bubble gum, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a very dynamic market. So tell us a little bit about something like that that happened to you. Uh, yeah, like, um, you know, I'm just trying to think, yeah. So you know, just a few months ago, back in back in June, uh, so everything was going steady. Then all of a sudden, uh, in June, um, sales kind of dropped uh, for us, and I was kind of like, you know, what's what's going on here? Uh, now, because we do flatbed uh, flatbed work, the majority of my customers, um, the type of products um, that they manufacture and supply, uh, their production had slowed down just because there was a shortage of material of raw material. And they couldn't get stuff in, um, you know, even to the extent where lumber rates were high and there wasn't enough lumber, they didn't even have um, enough skids. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was kind of unexpected. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, you know, and maybe if I had kind of diversified into different types of products, I could have still kept things, um, things kind of stable that month, um, revenue wise. Uh, so, no, yeah, I think that's, that's important. That's an important lesson. And here's what it is, guys. As a startup, as a startup, you know, your first customer is always your first customer. And then you get your second customer, your third customer, your fourth customer, your fifth customer. What you're going to find is after you get a handful of customers, you're going to get real busy moving freight. And that's a high quality problem because you're making money. When you need to service your customers and you're moving loads, you're making money. Here's the problem, though. The problem is that you dedicate less and less time to growing your customer database, right? So, you know, having five customers is great. And I'm just picking a random number. I don't know how many customers you have, Tej, but let's assume you have five customers. If you want to diversify the risk, the best way to do that is to add customers. And if you don't even necessarily need to add customers in different niches, right? Maybe they, maybe 
having different products or different, you know, yeah. different, different types of products that are shipping on the same type in the same type of niche, because not everything that goes on a, on a kind of trailer is, is X, right. It can be a variety of different types of products. But the point is, is that you have to diversify your business. And as a startup, you know, it's not uncommon for 60 or 70% of your business to be done by two or three of your customers, right? It's not uncommon. But when I built my brokerage, that was one of my biggest fears. One of my biggest fears was being too beholding to one or two big shippers and, and that they would control my destiny. And so I took what I call the mutual fund approach. And what I mean by that is just like mutual funds, rather than investing in a single stock like Tesla or Apple or IBM or whatever stock where you've got all the risk of that one company, you invest in a mutual fund that has hundreds of different companies that they've invested in. And so you blend your risk. And so I took the approach of having lots of customers as opposed to just a few big customers. And when I sold the company in 2016, in 2015, we did 80 million in revenue. And, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I can tell you that the largest customer we had at that point, the largest shipper that we had, I think only did seven or 8% of our total revenue. So what that allowed me to do is to sleep every night, because what I knew is if that customer, for whatever reason, we lost that customer, you know, the business wasn't going to fold, payroll was still going to get made. I wasn't going to lose my house, right? I wasn't going to lose my my life savings or the business because I had diversified that risk by adding more customers and taking that mutual fund type of approach. But you'll be shocked how many small brokers who start up and start getting busy on the operation side that don't continue to prospect. So my warning to you and to everybody out there is always make time to prospect. No matter how busy you are, if you start getting too busy moving loads, to prospect, then you need to hire somebody to help you move those loads so that you can then continue to prospect because that's the highest value time. That That's that's the, the role that pays the absolute highest, right, is actually getting shippers. It's not moving the freight. Dispatching is pretty easy. Sourcing trucks is fairly easy. Negotiating with carriers isn't that bad. But finding shippers is that is that high value activity that no brokerage can do without. So pretty easy to hire the dispatch side, a lot harder to hire the operate or the sales side. So no, I, I think that makes total sense. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to share with the audience about your journey? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, from, from just doing the brokerage side just for, you know, for, for a year, you know, I wish I knew about this way before, before starting a carrier company. Um, if I, if I'd known more about the brokerage side, I definitely wouldn't have started a carrier company. Um, I would have gone straight into this. Uh, so, you know, I, I know there's people out there who are thinking of starting a carrier company with their brokerage and, and, and so on. My advice would be not to. <laughs> Just focus on the brokerage. Uh, it's way less risk, way less hassle. Um, you know what your outgoings are monthly. Um, Whereas with the trucking industry, it's 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 always up and down, right? It's it's so volatile. Uh, there's so many variables. Yeah, and I, I think that's important that you said that. And I appreciate that because you know while we while the world needs carriers, we need asset based carriers, and we need drivers, and those are very very important roles because yeah. without those brokers can do nothing. But I have a lot of students of freight broker bootcamp who start as, you know, who want to start a freight brokerage. And then almost immediately afterwards, right, they say, hey, I want to buy some trucks. And I, my caution to them is always the same. 
be very careful about starting an asset-based carrier side unless you have a ton of experience and capital to do it because the risk is much, much higher and it's way harder to make money as a carrier because you just heard Tesh tell you that the variables like maintenance on a truck and and, um, and fuel prices and insurance prices and driver turnover and all the different stuff that happens to a carrier, those variables are very hard to manage. So if you're just starting out as a broker and you're just getting started, or maybe you're starting to get a little bit of traction, don't put the cart before the horse. You don't always need trucks, right? You don't always need trucks to make money. I did over $200 million as a freight broker and I never owned a truck, just so you know. And you just heard Ted say that if he knew about brokerage before he started his carrier business, he may not have even invested in those trucks and he probably would have just pursued the carrier side. So, well, listen, I really appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. I'm super excited for you. And um, and I'd love to have you back on here maybe in a year and see how things are going and how you've progressed and what you've yeah, learned. You can share sure. that with the audience. Um, so why don't we, um, just so you guys know, if you guys are curious about becoming a freight broker or a freight agent, you've been watching on YouTube or trying to Google some different information about how do I become a freight broker or freight agent, check out freightbrokerbootcamp.com. We've trained over 10,000 students, been in business over a decade. Um, we've we have a 60 day, 100% money back guarantee. And Tej is a perfect example of someone who's used the tools of Freight Broker Bootcamp to help him start and grow his business. Again, it's not a cure-all. It's not a push button, hey, get rich quick deal, but it's a tool. That's what Freight Broker Bootcamp is. That's the way I like to describe it. It's a training and online tools and assets that'll help you um, compress your time, save you time and save you a lot of money and lessons that you would have learned, uh, you know, through the school of hard knocks. So I want to thank you so much for being here, being live on this interview. As we wrap up today's episode, I just want to let everyone know that to celebrate the launch of the new podcast, we will randomly be doing podcast shout outs and giving away prizes like cash and t-shirts and books and other free stuff to people that leave an honest review and subscribe to the show. So for a chance to win, take 15 to 30 seconds right now and write a short review and then subscribe to the show. But don't forget to include your email in the review so that we can reach out to you about delivering your prize. I can't wait to hear from you.